0: Hey friends, Catlaw Hegquist here with a reminder that locally owned and artist operated bizbooks.net is still your best source for plays, acting books, scene books, teacher resources, and much, much more. And as you, like we, are clearly fans of Sabrina and YVR Screen Scene, we wanna offer you 15% off your next purchase with the coupon code SCREENSCENE23. So come check us out at bizbooks.net. Sign up for our newsletter and follow us on social to learn what's new. And if you're in the Vancouver area, Watch out for one of our pop up shops throughout the year to come say hello and shop in person. Remember, Screen Scene 23 promo code is only available at bizbooks.net for a limited time.
1: This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit wwwpatreoncom live your Screen Scene
2: Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Rani Ferminger. Today, I am at once giddy. And honored and full of joy to welcome Bilal Beg to the YVR Screen Scene podcast. Bilal is the co creator, executive producer, co showrunner, and lead in the Peabody winning CBC and Max original comedy, sort of. P.S., Bilal's co creator and co showrunner is Fab Filippo. Filippo? Filippo. Filippo, the accomplished actor, director, writer, showrunner, producer, and, to my elder millennial, young Gen X heart, Busy's brother Dom on Ready or Not. <laughs> sort of is sort of a lot of things. For one thing, it's a big fucking deal in the mara Firminger household. We watch sort of as a family. My teen is non-binary. This show has sparked a lot of laughs and tears and conversation around the dinner table. Or, truthfully, eating food off of our laps in front of the TV. Sort of is also important television in this time of growing acts of hatred against trans and genderqueer people. It's important for trans people to see themselves on TV. It's important for everyone to see that trans people are as nuanced and beautiful and witty and funny and weird and flawed as characters who aren't trans. Sort of is also hilarious and entertaining, and devastating and full of so much heart, which is why it's won numerous awards, including ten Canadian Screen Awards, a screenwriting award from the Writers Guild of Canada, and in 2022 and 2023 nominations from Glad for Outstanding New TV Series. Sort of features. Uh, Bilal as Sabi Mubub, a gender expansive millennial in Toronto who is so over-editing themselves to make others comfortable. From love to career to family, Sabi feels like they're in transition, sort of exposes the labels people once poured themselves into as no longer applicable to anyone. Recently, Bilal and Fav and the sort of family announced that it's third season, which premieres on November 17th and wraps up on December 8th, will be its last. This is by their own choice. As they stated in an Instagram post, we set out to tell a story about a kind of transition in Subby's life and how those around them also change. And we feel in this coming season, that story came to an end in a way that felt right for us. I'm not going to share spoilers because I don't want to know spoilers, but I will tell you that this third season shows Sabi coming to terms with feelings of grief and unexpected sense of freedom following the death of their father, Imran. In a season that has the entire ensemble grappling with aftermaths, a rebirth comes in a sort of messy, sort of hopeful, sort of of way. Cannot take credit for that. That part came right from the press release. Speaking of Sabi's father, listeners might recall that, earlier this year, we had Sabi's father Imram, aka local legend Durendra, on this here podcast. Yesterday, I reached out to Durendra and asked him to share some memories about his time in Toronto working with Bilal on Sort Of. Here is what Durendra had to say.
3: Uh Uh-uh, no, no, no thank you. No, not willing to talk about that. I break into a cold sweat just at the thought of reliving that trauma. Gotcha! (laughs) Of course, um, those sentiments could be applied to one or two instances in my career, but when it comes to sort of, and working with Bilal in particular, it was quite the contrary. There is something disarmingly simple about Bilal's work that meets the eye, and yet the work is anything but. Simple. The word that comes to mind is ethereal, it's graceful, it's delicate, it's whimsical at the same time. There's a cheekiness, there's a playfulness. And it's subtle, yet it's so layered and nuanced. When I worked with Saeed Jafri for the first time, we were doing a feature together and he said to me, he said, Nirendra, What the camera loves is the birth of an emotion. And Bilal has that quality, as Sabi, has that quality where through rehearsals, through multiple takes, they bring themselves to the moment every time as it is the first time they're channeling that feeling through, that emotion through. It's, as I said, disarmingly simple.
2: Thank you, Durendra. So Bilal is currently in Vancouver to speak at a summit that will combat anti-queer and anti-trans hate. And I am, as mentioned at the top, giddy, honored, and full of joy to welcome Bilal Bag. The Wyver Screen Scene podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm like emotional <laughs> from all of that. <laughs> it, it
2: was it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, I grant you. And uh, we're gonna just uh, we're gonna just jump right into it, if you don't mind. Um, this episode we're actually recording uh, the night before the first episode of the final season drops. What kind of conversations led to that? decision like why is now the time to say goodbye just mm. sort of
1: I mean you know I I think one of the things we tried to articulate in that Instagram post um, that we made was around the difficulty of this decision too that we were completely aware of the way we are loved by by people who feel so strongly about this show and the kind of current, political climate that we're in the 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 rise in anti-trans hate and legislation and you know it it's it's so interesting i've been reflecting a lot on what it takes to make a decision like this and and ultimately i felt like i would actually dishonor the show if i tried to keep going you know Mm. i it, it came to me around the time that season 2 was coming out that i i started to really feel like i didn't have an, a fourth season in me um and narratively as we kind of said in that in that announcement that you that you quoted uh, an end was starting to appear that felt really satisfying and undone and complicated and exactly like our show and so, I think it was both those things at the at the same time, and there were a lot of conversations and a lot of back and forth, and we thought about a fourth and what would that look like? What could it be and ultimately, it just came down to this feeling around around uh, ending a three part story like I think when people have a moment to kind of look at the three seasons all together, I think it tells a really specific story about some changes in these people's lives. So yeah, really, really hard, really hard. And, (laughs) but right, Yeah. uh,
2: yeah. I think it's good. You're not giving the series a chance to like jump the shark in some way or, you know, um, I'm not even sure what that would look like. But, yeah. you know, maybe I don't even want to speculate. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're not putting us in that position. We're like, oh, no, they're doing like, you know, tropes of some kind. And I feel uncomfortable now.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, I think that's exactly it. Like we did think about our audiences like we didn't want to cheat them like this. This show feels like it might die if. If we start to force conflict, make it feel contrived, right? Like, I think the thing that so many people love about it is how it feels so real. Yeah. Like, that's what I get a lot in the DMs. So there's only a... It it, it feels like at a certain point it, it might start to feel false and I just didn't want that.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, gra- I'm grateful you're giving us the chance to say goodbye. I want to go back in time to the to the earliest beginnings of sort of like how, how did this how did this even happen
1: mm. uh, it's you know it's like out of a fairy tale or something like uh i was working on a theater play that fab was also in and okay. we were both actors we neither of us but we had known that we both had writing practices i think and And it was through that process, I think towards the end of it, Fab had asked if I was curious about television at all. And I said no because I was terrified of it and I still kind of am. Like
2: Really? Even now.
1: I I think so. Yeah. I think it's a really powerful medium, you know? And I think that's what's that's what's beautiful and challenging about it and and then to be trans and visible, you know, like a lot a lot of thinking went into saying yes to all of this and Mm. Um, You know, I think it all all really started to pick up speed when Fab and I started talking about transition and to hear a cis dude in his 40s use that word, uh, investigate how that that word applies to his own life, like, really got my gears going because I thought, oh, this is great. Like, if a trans person and a cis person can talk about transition together, it could it could model something really beautiful for the rest of the world. And I think at that point, a lot of the conversations I was having with my trans and non-binary friends was our representation felt like we only existed in our own communities Mm. and amongst each other, which has its own kind of beauty, but doesn't maybe acknowledge the fact that we exist and play and work with and deal with all kinds of people on a daily basis and... So when the world of the show started to develop, it the presence of different trans non-binary characters and cis characters emerged, and it that's what felt fresh and exciting and and po- deeply political, right? Like you put mm. Sebby's body next to anybody, and you're saying something about race, gender, sexuality. Um, uh, yeah, and and then and then. It, everyone told me this is not how it goes down but we we were greenlit really quickly off of a four minute teaser that we created and a couple of pages of prose that fab Fab and i had written about the world of the Of of the piece and the tone and and maybe some arcs, yeah. I've never heard of that. No, me me neither, and neither did Fab nor nor uh, Sienna Films at that time. And now there's Sphere Media, who we were working with. A, A couple of the original cast members were a part of that sizzle too, which I think is really beautiful. That ended up translating into into the series itself, and and I think CBC had a really strong reaction to it, and. In January of 2020, we were greenlit right before the pandemic. I was gonna
2: say that's the before times. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah.
1: And our, you know, at that point, we thought our writers' room was gonna be in person, you know, and and then in April of 2020, we went into a virtual writers' room, and October of that year, we were we went to camera for the first season.
2: Whoa, um, I just want to go back in a little bit to You mentioned CBC, and you know, Subi was the first, you know, trans lead character lead character ever on Canadian television what kind of conversations did you have with CBC or or the production company or anyone involved in that level of production to ensure that the show would be a safe place for gender diverse artists and a, a safe arena for these stories you know especially because mm. they don't exactly have the track record to be like hey look we've done this you know we've told these stories before yeah,
1: yeah. it's a really good question you know I think um it felt like it felt like the the team that we worked with at CBC was was really quite sensitive to the kind of story we wanted to tell. And in my experience, it felt like they really wanted us to lead our own artistic journey in this, and were were playing. The role of supporter, like it, it, like I remember, I was, I was nervous with all of those. I've never been to meetings where you t- t- get notes from network executives, you know, and but every experience, I kind of remember it. It always felt like their notes and their questions were around trying to understand the story versus dictating how it should be or feel like. Mm. I think part of that might have to do with the fact that we worked with, with Sphere Media, uh, Jennifer Kwaja and uh, Laura Perlmutter in the first season and then Carolyn Habib came on board and we had some really, and these are badass, feminist, really rad kind of thinkers. And so it's it's like, it's like, we c- we were able to make the show we wanted to make because, um, the 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 powerful positions around us, the the decision makers, were were genuinely curious about what Fab and I could do together. Yeah, and um, I'm really grateful for that when I look back at it. You know, like there there wasn't a ton of behind-the-scenes conflict around trying to kind of get this show made. Like, I think people were really in a place of listening, which I think mm-hmm. to to see network executives embody that is is a really beautiful thing. And I my hope is that we can have more of that because yeah. then stories like this get to exist in this authentic way.
2: Yeah. And it's a good reminder, too, that listening is an action yeah. as well. it's yeah. an action that is can be part of allyship and definitely part of you know having good relationships right So more emphasis on listening. I love that feels kind of weird to ask this question because I'm asking you to look I don't know I'm talking in a weird voice and I'm like I guess I'm I am I'm, I'm sad I'm happy it's been a wonderful experience and I'm happy to have had that experience as a viewer but you know it's for all we're all gonna be saying goodbye. There's that voice again. <laughs> Let's talk about some of your memorable moments. You know, from sort of when you look back on your experience. You know, like what are what are some of the beautiful moments that you'll remember? You know, either you know in front of the camera or or behind the camera.
1: Oh, there's. I wish we had all day. You know, because there's there's really so many and across all the seasons. I I, I mean. There, it, 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 we always tried to make it a working environment that felt playful. Like that was literally a word that Fab and I would kind of throw back and forth with each other. Playful, yeah, yeah. For yeah. a working
2: environment, I, I mean, we're literally sitting in an office surrounded by my toys. Yeah. I'm all about <laughs> playful, you know. Yeah. But it's not always necessarily conducive to like actually, you know, getting the shit done.
1: Yeah, yeah, for it. sure. Or yeah, there's this assumption that it's frivolous or something. But yeah. we, it was it was it feels like it's been present across all three seasons like that this this tone that we found kind of only emerged because we were kind of just trying to make each other laugh you know and that's a really (laughs) beautiful principle I think and yeah so then there's you know the third season's the most recent and I just think about the crew a lot Mm -hmm. and you know, I heard from multiple people that it was one of the best working experiences they had in in a 20 or 30 year career and yeah. our, our one of our camera operators said working on this third season felt like it brought him back to when he was like in his early 20s and making short films with his buddies, wow. you know. And I'm like that's a really beautiful feeling and and it was present in in on the on in the on screen stuff too, you know, a lot of a lot of silliness those actors are really beautiful people and they made me laugh a lot and yeah and, and then we did cool stuff like the trans film mentorship program yeah. and working with women of color directors and a trans director and super diverse writers like it's just in the three years I felt like we we did a lot you know yeah.
2: Yeah, you built a you built a community, you know, that you're lifting up, you know, with you yeah. and I, that's fast. That's fabulous. You're talking about the playfulness that we see on screen. I'm thinking about the um, the scene that uh, Imram uh, and Savi have, you know, the big serious conversation that they have sitting on these like little chairs yeah. and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and it's this very serious, you know, uh, conversation. And you're sitting on these like tiny little chairs and, you know, and, and, and like that's that whole that whole scene that, and after is like it's it's devastating and also hilarious because of the little chairs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to talk about a bit about um Subby. Uh, because that is somebody who you have you have walked with now for for quite some time. Um, tell me about your relationship with this with this character, you know? Like do you do you like them? You know, <laughs> too? like how do you, how do you feel about them after spending all all this time with them?
1: Um I I I do like them. I really like them. I like playing, you know, in some ways I felt like I I grew up faster than I kind of wanted to, you know, in in my real life. Mm. And what's beautiful about playing someone who's searching is that they have the time to kind of make mistakes mm. and and try and try again and and not know what they're doing and um I, I i think that i think that was part of the representation that felt that felt really exciting to me is like what about trans people who aren't co- completely in a place where they can define themselves or or you know articulate their kind of stance on the world or something um yeah and i and i think i think their evolution is also really you know i know what goes on in the 3rd season and and I, and I and i i think we i think it's a really i mean i'm biased i'm so biased but it's a it's a really cool story that we got to tell about about this person making choices and shifting and evolving and and yeah it's a it's a it's 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 felt like an honor to to tell this story to to play this person like Mm. um i
2: i've i've asked this question of people who have you know lived with a character for a long time and then you know had to had to say goodbye to them you know when the project is over you know do you do you like how do you say goodbye mm. to someone like subby like do you do you grieve Mm. Grief is a huge part of the show as well. Yeah, um, I'm assu- I'm assuming, especially this coming season, you know, in the aftermath of uh, Ibram's death. You yeah, know, and I'm just wondering about like grief for for this exceptional character.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I I think I. I think there was a moment I had in my trailer right at the end of a filming where, because the clothes, the accessories, they start to really def- define the character too, and and it was the last time I'd be wearing some of that stuff, and I and I, I think I just had a moment where I looked at myself or looked like Bilal looked at Subby in a, in a way, you know, and it that felt kind of like a goodbye, you know, um, and I I, I mean. I'll own up to the fact that when we did announce the end via Instagram, I really had an emotional moment to myself to because we had known about it for a while that it was ending, but I wasn't able to announce it until until a certain date and and so when it came in when that announcement came into the world, that felt like another kind of goodbye, you know, like that it's official, that everybody knows this now and and it was a big moment for me. Like I, I felt it. I felt it. And and that's what I've been trying to do because I think we work so hard in this business and having all the jobs that I have on this project, it it sometimes feels like go go go. And and to just take a moment and be like, wow, I, I we did this thing yeah. for the last couple of years. I I feel that. Um, I'm just trying to build that time in for myself.
2: Yeah, but what was the last day on set like? <laughs>
1: Um, you know, the last day, uh, Amanda and I had the last scene together, um, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, we, uh, uh, some of the crew members, I don't think knew that it was the last season because we, as I said earlier about the back and forth Mm -hmm. at that time, we were still. Seeing if maybe there would be a fourth season. So we hadn't... Some people had known, cast, main cast definitely knew. Uh, I think some department heads knew. Some people kind of caught on because it kind of feels like an ending, you know? Um, But it wasn't something that everybody kind of knew. And I don't know, I think that kind of feels right for our show too, like the the multiple experiences all at once, <laughs> um, as a, as a kind of ending. So there was, I don't know, there was a couple of things in the air, you know, I think there was a lot of gratitude that I, that I felt, um, there was emotion. Absolutely. There was laughter. There was joy. There was, there was a kind of, yeah. And, and then a melancholy, you know, I think for the people who knew it was ending, um, to, to put something down, um, um, I think I think that was in the air but it wasn't a typical everybody's crying all the time because I think not yeah not everybody knew
2: yeah I think I kind of prefer that
1: <laughs> I guess so it was a kind of cool and weird way to do it yeah. you know and I don't regret it like I think I think it it was a complicated moment we weren't sure so it we kind of didn't want to say yes everybody this is the end because what if it wasn't
2: yeah yeah, it'd be like another one of you know Cher's goodbye tours. Did <laughs> Cher do like, like so many goodbye tours? Right. <laughs> um, we talked about a little bit earlier about how uh, important this the show is to its viewers. Tell me about some of the the feedback or the responses from fans that have been the most meaningful to you.
1: Mm. I mean, there's been a lot of queer and trans people speaking specifically about their families Mm. and their relationship to their families and what gets achieved when they all watch the show together. Um, I've people have literally told me that the show in, in ways has saved their relationship to their family or definitely changed it because they were able to use subby as a, as a, as a, as a reference versus having to maybe explain everything Mm. about themselves to their parents. And I think that's, I think that's really powerful like that. It can, that it can, there's so many conversations that have emerged from the show from so many different angles. You know, it's also a Muslim family. It's a Brown Muslim family. And, and those conversations from, from, queer and trans south asians specifically Mm. has been has been i think i think a really uh i I don't even know if i have the right word it feels like it's transformative you know and that that relationship between sebi and ruffo in particular like the way we've been able to offer that to the world i think that's something i get a lot of Comments around too, um, and then and then stuff from like seventy year olds who are like, I learned a bunch. I didn't even think that maybe I would know what this is or I'd like it, but I, I love this piece, you know. And it I, I, sometimes that feels important to say too because it, I don't I, the thing about oh if you're if you're marginal then it's a niche story like that has not been my experience. So many cis folks, so many older folks, straight people have kind of said that they love this show and i think that's all of us all it reaches all of us you know
2: yes (laughs) i agree with you completely uh we spend a lot of time on this show uh talking about representation um diversity and inclusion literally words that so many like so They've almost lost their mm, their mm, meaning you know yeah. especially as you know the, the white supremacist kind of system kind of takes it and then puts branding on it and then you know sends it out like yeah. we have done our representation and this is it C- can you talk about from your perspective why it matters mm. why it matters that a show like sort of you know, has been, has aired, has been the success that it, that has been, has won awards, has fans, you know, from, from the array of, of, you know, genders and ethnicities and, you know, like what, why does representation, not corporate representation, Uh matter?
1: Well, you know, I think, I think um, when, when something exists and it helps someone feel less alone in the world, um, it has the potential to to offer some real healing to mm. people who are searching for that, especially through art, you know, through through media. And I mean, isn't that isn't that like a really? It makes it makes it all feel worth it. Like if if people. Can feel less alone because they've watched something that feels mm. real to them, and and it. I've gotten messages from people that have th- who have said that it it's affirmed their own identities for themselves. Like they feel more like themselves through watching the show, and wow. like that's huge. That's, like
2: yeah, to be part of somebody's personal journey with themselves.
1: Yeah yeah
2: that's beautiful
1: yeah yeah and i i I just you know when you bring up that corporate stuff i think that's so real and i'm like i wish that that mattered or that spoke for itself you know that that's if you can transform one person's life that's a really major thing it's not it's not an easy feat you know um and and i do i do worry that 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 it's sometimes more about the numbers, like how many people did you reach and how many people did tuned in. And um, but what about the the quality of the experience when people are watching? Like I want that to to matter more on a business level, you know, because that sadly is then how projects get green lit is right. if they're considered numbers hits or, or yeah. money makers or whatever, you know.
2: Yeah, I want to talk about joy. Uh huh. I think it's important to talk about joy yes uh because your work fills a lot of people's hearts with joy what role does joy play in your own work and specifically I mean, if you want to talk specifically to sort of fine but you know in other areas you know of your of your storytelling you know as well
1: um yeah i i think it's um i think it's a big part of it and it looks like different things to me you know i i want to talk about this this play that I wrote where that's where I actually met Alora Patnayak, who ended up playing Ruffo in the show. Um, Yeah. Yeah. She played, she played a mother character in, in, in the, in a play that I had written and it's not a comedy by any stretch of the imagination. It's quite a, um, blurry memory play drama kind of, but, but, her character is so funny in it to me but all her jokes are in urdu you know and <laughs> mm. and it's kind of like the people who will get it get it and then those who don't it's kind of fine and well, at, at least for me you know yeah. and and from that point I started writing that play when I was like 18 and and I've always been attracted to joy and and it meaning and looking like different things you know and so when when i think about sort of i think we have our own kind of humor in the show it's not i think at times it's a little dark you know and i and i think that's okay and i and i i i think i think that joy to me also kind of is also a nuanced thing like i know we've mm. in con- in conversations around representation we've been talking about oh we need to focus on trans joy and you know because there's been so much violence depicted and i i completely agree with that and yet our show delves into some real things, some complicated things, some sad things, some painful things um and and that felt important too because if it, i think i think the realness and the humanity was and truth was always what we were kind of striving for in in this piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so joy just feels like one part of the of the of that human experience. Joyful joy
2: joyful truth. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: and and I do find like joy, laughter helps. People kind of sink into the story a little bit or something, you know, like I get, I get these, I really feel strongly about, you know, if you, if you see something that you've seen a million times and it feels triggering, you're not going to want to kind of engage with the story. So we were definitely intentional around that too.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: Can you tell me a little bit about the the reason that you're in... Vancouver right now Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this but sort of films in Toronto I don't know why I said it like that Mm. I actually went to high school in Markham Unionville, Unionville, actually the same high school that Lonnie Billard went to, uh, who was one of the stars of the aforementioned Ready or Not. Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. Okay. okay. Is, okay. Cool. <laughs> it's, it's all it, it all
2: comes together. Um, but yeah, so you are you are in Vancouver to to uh, speak at an anti hate summit, right? Is that
1: that's correct and it's it's um through the uh, an organization called community based research center and the focus in in my conversation i'll be asked questions around my own relationship to my emotional and mental health and and we're going to kind of talk about we're going to kind of talk about the specifics of that because there's actually going to be a lot of health providers who who will be attending this summit wow. and and it, it's it's it is about um, it's about it, it achieves many things i think but one of the things is is around uh health care specifically for trans yes. folks which is a really specific and again layered and nuanced thing and I'm i'm certainly not going to be speaking for the entire community i know that i can't do that and nobody wants me to and and i would never but but i think i'm i'm going to i think it might be useful for people to hear what my um experience has been navigating some of these systems and what has worked for me and what hasn't and i'll be asked questions by anuradha verma who's uh, The reason why I'm here, she's a a friend of mine, and I love her a lot, and she's done some really amazing um, advocacy work and community building work for queer and trans South Asians, and in suburbs particularly. Um, And so I just wanted to chat with her, and and we're gonna do that. (laughs) Oh,
2: I love love to hear that, that's fantastic. Uh, You mentioned earlier that, you you have a kind of uncomfortable relationship I guess with being the lead of a TV show sure. or with TV in general. Right. Um, what what does that mean in your experience with sort of mean for, you know, your your future projects? Like do you do you want to, you know, what 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 do you want, you know, as a storyteller? What do you want to do next?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think um the one thing that feels so clear to me is I I, I need variety in my life, especially artistically, I I'm a m I am aii love storytelling through lots of different kinds of mediums, you know? Mm. So one thing that feels clear is that I'm I don't think it's ever gonna be television for the rest of my life or now only I want to do films or or you know I, I think the next couple of things are more theater focused mm. and I just did an audiobook recently and that was like a really cool wow. experience. Yeah, and a, a book written by a trans woman of color, you know, where the main character is a is a young uh trans feminine person and you know, I got to do that and I'm like it was it was a lot of fun and it was a, again it was storytelling through just a medium I've never done before like television like I hadn't done anything in TV until sort of and And prior to that, it had only been different kinds of theater. So I think um, I've got a really cool manager and I think we've got a great relationship. And and I think we're just like kind of slowly cooking on stuff right now and planting some seeds. And I think things will take some time and I feel really good about that. But yeah, I think the next couple of things for me, um, I move slowly. So so and I think slowly, so. Um, I'm just but but i I do feel like theater I, I'm so hungry to come back to theater so mm. I think I'm gonna do that
2: I missed theater just going to theater uh-huh. you know when we were not able to do so you know there's something so beautiful that happens when you're sitting in you know as an audience member yeah. in that dark space you know I, I have like spiritual experiences that I don't have anywhere else right. you know in in the theater um, we're coming to the end of our time okay. together today, just like we're all coming to the end of our time. with sort of God, that voice again. I'm so sorry. Let's end by by speaking directly to sort of audience, mm. the fans, mm. my child, yeah. you know, yeah. my family. Um, what do, what do you say to to uh, people who will who have loved mm. you know savvy and seven and you know and and all the the journey that you have taken us on
1: the first thing i want to say is i myself as an artist i'm not going anywhere i'm not running away I'm okay, not, good. you know you know so 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 i think i think um I think i i i look forward to creating more stuff or or just being in other people's stuff too you know and mm. i i i look forward to continuing to kind of put stuff out into the world and um and so i think i think that's important to 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 say and be really clear about and then when i think about sort of i mean it's it's my curiosity around television was that it can exist forever and you mm-hmm. can come back to it in ways that you can't with theater that it disappears when it, in in a way like you'll never get, kind of get that experience again um even if you go and see it on another night and and with television it'll these 3 seasons will be accessible as much or as little as you kind of want to return to them and mm-hmm. and I I'm curious about people who will go back and watch all 3 seasons together and what the story will feel like and um, and I, I, I just don't want the conversations to stop about this work I think I think um, they, it really matters when people talk about uh, what has resonated with them about this show and that they tell their friends and family members about it and, and the show lives on in that way you know like I I I love that we existed that we took this space that we weren't too scared that we were brave and we risked you know in in telling this story and i want that 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 spirit to to live on and i think our audiences who love the show so much really embody that that spirit that bravery that that courage um the love there's so much love around the show so mm. Yeah, I just um I, it's a goodbye, but it, it it's it's lots of things too. It's a it's marking a moment in time, I think, and yeah. I think it's beautiful to do that together.
2: So it's a, it's a sort of goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: for sure. <laughs> totally. Like it it feels that way to me, you know? Like yeah. it it's a totally a sort of goodbye. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, fantastic. Beloved Vague. Thank you so much for joining me here at my kitchen table, not my actual ki- well, somebody's kitchen table, but you know, in my studio. Uh, where can our fans find you? Follow you, celebrate you on social media, not in real life.
1: Uh-huh. uh-huh. Don't be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're I, not
2: on, you're not on Twitter.
1: I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on TikTok. I don't understand those things. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, I've got an Instagram account, it's at sort of Bilal, I will change it, the name of it soon because it was, or I made the account for the show and now like, I should just have an account that's not connected to this thing, <laughs> um, but but that's where you can find me right now, and yeah, I mean, I don't have a website, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm really, um, one day, one day I'll have some of these things, I think
2: very sort of answer <laughs> and and i absolutely love it and uh you can if if you have not watched sort of yet well why haven't you you can find it on C- the first two seasons on cbc gem and then uh i believe it's it's two episodes a week every is it every friday i know th- or every thursday uh, every friday
1: every friday yes yeah. that's right that's uh, right until
2: december 8th um I started to fake cry and then I actually got a little teary. It's I really I've I enjoy that time, you know, with my Mm, kid, mm. with the food on my lap, watching the shows. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for that work and for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Okay, listeners, thank you. Thank you for listening. Please like subscribe. Leave us a review if you are so inclined. They help us find even more listeners and we can keep having joyful and rad conversations like the one that we had today oh I also want to thank Durendra thank you Durendra for recording that message and and then he sent me a bunch of messages today too he's like how's it going how's it going have they heard it yet what did they say so <laughs> thank you Durendra it was it went over really well um, you can find us at scene.com follow us on twitter not x I'm not calling it x uh, and facebook and instagram at Scene and at sabrinar uh, I'm also, I think, on Mastodon and Threads. and I have a lot of, like, I got a lot of, you can find me a lot of places, but I'm not active everywhere. Um, and if you like photos of cats, come to find me on Instagram. The Weaver Screen Scene Podcast is hosted and executive... Executive produced by me, Sabrina Rani-Mera Firminger. And it's... Oh, here come the Firmingers. It's edited by Simon Firminger. Special thanks to Mariana Firminger for recording our Patreon ad and to Paul Firminger for technical support. We are a family business here, blog. <laughs> or if you knew that. Why We Are Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene.
0: And... Cut. Hi friends, Catlaw Law here, and I'm excited to introduce you to thedramaclass.com. Thedramaclass.com provides online workshops and classes designed to provide inspiration and instruction in the sometimes overlooked areas you need to be successful in your acting career. Things that they don't often cover in studio classes. Things like tax prep for actors, the power of costume in getting a job, what to do if you primarily work on camera and find yourself with a voiceover audition, what you can do to adjust your performance to the camera lens is being used, and so much more. Maximize your opportunities by filling in the gaps that will make your craft your career. Visit us at thedramaclass.com, sign up for our newsletter, follow us on social, and explore what will take you to the next level.